and I'm ready to preach God's word today. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for the word of God today? I'm excited to preach God's word. We are wrapping up our series today, Good God, Good God. And our key verse for the series is Psalms 34 and verse number 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. There it goes again. Let me read it one more time. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And in this series, we've been talking about how God has so much goodness for your life. He has so many blessings for your life. And I've illustrated it with this table that, that this table full of food is kind of representative of God has a table for your life, a table full of blessings, a table full of goodness. And throughout this series, we've been learning just because God has a table of goodness for your life doesn't mean that you'll taste it. It doesn't mean that you will experience it. There's a lot of people who never experience all of God's goodness that he has for their life. And so week number one, we said one of the reasons people don't experience the goodness of God, they don't taste and see it, is because they have a wrong perspective on trials, trouble, trauma, and temptation, and it leads them to having a wrong perspective on God. And they're deceived, and, and they don't believe that God is good. And then week number two, we said that a lot of people don't experience the goodness of God and all that God has for them because they don't step out in faith. God won't force you to experience all of his goodness. You have to do your part. You have to step out in faith. You have to obey the word of God to experience all of his goodness. And then last week we talked about that people don't experience all of God's goodness because of spiritual amnesia. They forget the goodness of God. And you and I can never forget how good God has been to us. Never forget. How many know God is good all the time? And all the time. God is good. We can never forget the goodness of God. And then today, what I want to teach you is, as we wrap up this series, this is so important. The next reason why people do not experience and taste and see the goodness of God is because they don't believe they will see the goodness of God in their life. They say, I, well, I believe God is good. I believe God's good all the time. I believe God's going to be good to other people. But when I look at my life, when I look at my situation, when I look at my circumstance, I don't believe God is going to be good to me. And church is so important. If you're going to experience all of God's goodness for your life, you have to believe that God will be good to you. Here's what David said. Psalm chapter 27. Matter of fact, if you have your Bible, open it up to Psalm 27. I'm going to be teaching and unpacking this entire psalm today. Psalm 27, verse 13. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. There's that word right there. Believed that I would see 
the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I would have given up. I would have quit. I would have stopped moving forward. I would have lost hope. I would have given up on my dreams. I would have given up on life if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, I like how the New International Version says it. In Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And no matter what happens in life, you have to remain confident that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living church. That's what faith is all about. That no matter what happens in your life, no matter as you look around, no matter what is going on, you have to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in your life. You have to believe that God will bless your life. That's what faith is about. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe. We see that word again. When you come to God, you must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him so you have to come to God you got to believe that God exists but then you have to believe that God is a rewarder of those who earnestly who diligently seek him you have to believe that if you will seek God that God will pour out his goodness on your life you've got to believe you will see the goodness of God what I want to do for the next few moments, get your pen, get your paper, get your phones ready to take some notes. I want to give you four things you have to believe about the goodness of God from Psalm 27. Four things you have to believe about the goodness of God. Number one is this. I will see the goodness of God in spite of what I see. I will see the goodness of God in spite of what I see. When David wrote this psalm, he was facing some gigantic problems. As I was just doing a historical deep dive on this portion of scripture, some scholars believe that David was running for his life. David was anointed to be the next king of Israel. The prophet Samuel anointed him with oil, oil at his father's home. And, and King Saul, the current king, knew that David had been anointed to become the next king of Israel. And King Saul was jealous of David. And he was chasing David down with his army. He was pursuing David to capture him and to have David killed. And David said, in spite of this crazy king pursuing me, in spite of hiding from the army, in spite of all of the craziness I see around me, I believe I will see the goodness of God. I still believe God's promise to me will be fulfilled. I believe I will see the goodness of God. I believe I will be the next king of Israel, even though I don't have a clue how it will happen when I'm hiding out in this cave. I love David. In spite of what he saw, he believed he would see the goodness of God. And church, I want you to understand that David was seeing some massive problems in his life. When he wrote these words that he believed he would see the goodness of God, 
problem after problem that he, he was encountering, he was going through. Let, let me show this to you. Psalm 27, verse 2 and 3. It says, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. David was being pursued by his enemies. He said, in spite of what I currently see, I believe I will see the goodness of God. I will see my enemies stumble and fall. Verse 3 says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. David said, war is breaking out against me. Nothing is going my way. I, I don't see how victory will happen, but I'm still remaining confident that I will see the goodness of God. I will see God bless my life. Verse number five, this trouble after trouble, problem after problem. Verse five says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tents and set me high upon a rock. David said, in the day of trouble, I will see the goodness of God. Verse number six says, then my head will be exalted above the enemies." who surround me. David said, I'm surrounded by my enemies, but I still believe I will see the goodness of God. People's church, no matter what you see around you, you need to believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And, and I realize this. I realize that some of you are a seeing a lot of things happening around you. A lot of things are happening to you. Some of you would say, well, Pastor, I'm going through a whole lot right now, COVID and, and sickness, and I'm looking all around me, and I see inflation and instability in the stock market, and your 401k and your investments are down, your divisive political elections, interest rates rising, your, maybe you would say your car broke down, or your relationships are struggling, or, or your kids are making bad decisions, or maybe you recently got a bad doctor's report but no matter what you see you have to believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living and as I'm preaching right now some of you are just processing what you're seeing happening in your life right now and you don't have a lot of faith and I'm telling you no matter what you're seeing in your life right now you need to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord you will see, you will see, you will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, some of you, I need you to say it with me out loud. Just say it with your pastor, every location, just say this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, say it again. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, every location, shout it. I will see the goodness of the Lord. You need to believe that, you need to believe that, you need to believe that in spite of what you see. Number two is this, I will see the goodness of God in spite of what I feel. Like any human being, David had so many emotions as he faced trouble after trouble in his life. But he talked about his emotions through the eyes of faith. He wasn't exempt from struggling with his emotions. But I want you to hear how he talked about them with faith in God. Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's talking about the emotion of fear. 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? David faced emotions as he was running for his life, as he was hiding from this king, as he was hiding from the army. He was, he was afraid, but he had faith in God. Verse 3 says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. It's the emotion of fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will, I will be confident. David said to his emotions, the Lord is my light and my salvation. David said to his emotions, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Have you ever been afraid or had some other type of emotion and you had to start talking to yourself? You know, you start talking to your emotions and how you were feeling. I remember we went to New York and my, my sister and her family lives in New York and we went to New York City and got to see New York City as a family and got to spend some time with my sister several years ago. And when we went to New York City, we decided to go and see the Statue of Liberty. And it was quite the beautiful sight to behold. Matter of fact, here's a picture of my family and I outside of the Statue of Liberty. And as, as we were there, we decided, let's go inside of the Statue of Liberty. So got close to it and I, Man, that thing's big. Wow. It's humongous. And, and we, we, we went inside of, of the statue. And, and as you got inside, I had no idea, but you, there's stairs and you can walk all the way up the Statue of Liberty. So, of course, the kids said, let's, let's walk up. Let's go. I'm thinking, let's, let's don't. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like heights. I'm a little afraid of heights and don't, don't really like to climb up high and makes me nervous. I get anxious. I don't like it. But you know how you try to influence your kids without telling them why you're trying to influence them? Now, let's don't. Let's stay down here. It's quicker to get ice cream. No, we want to go up. We want to go up. Okay, okay. And so we, we walk up, and we're going up the Statue of Liberty and the line going up and going up. And you can go up really high in the Statue of Liberty. And I had no idea when we got up really high that they actually have a balcony. And you can go outside of the Statue of Liberty and walk around the Statue of Liberty. And, of course, my kids said, let's don't stay inside. Let's go outside. I'm thinking, let's don't. Let's stay inside. No, let's go. We want to go outside and walk around. And, of course, Tiffany's more adventurous to me. She goes, yeah, let's go outside. And so, so, so we walk outside, and I'm, I'm scared, y'all. I'm nervous. I'm afraid. I'm going to fall off. I'm gonna, I'm, my life, Pastor Herbert Cooper dies, Statue of Liberty. You know, I'm, I'm scared. And. And you know, you guys start talking to him. Come on, you can do this, Herbert. You, you got this. You got this. You know, I, I feel like David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I go out the, outside of the Statue of Liberty. We're, we're, up, we're up high. I'm looking outside. I'm like, oh, my goodness. The kids are like, come on, let's walk around. I took a couple of steps. Y'all go ahead. This looks, looks beautiful. Go ahead. Y'all check it out. I love it all. I'm going to go back inside. I went on back inside, y'all, huh? You ever been there before? I, I think that's where David is. The army surrounding him, the king's trying to kill him, and he starts talking to himself. He's talking to his emotions. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The, the, Lord, the Lord is the, the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? David was facing emotions like all of us do, but David had faith in God, and sometimes you just got to talk to your emotions and say, emotions, you're not going to stop me from obeying God. You're not going to stop me from following 
God. David goes on to say about his emotions in verse number 9. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God my Savior. David even had feelings of being abandoned by God. God, where are you? God, why am I going through all of this? But David said, in spite of how I'm feeling, I'm confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and people's church. I know some of you are encountering some crazy emotions in this season. Some of you are dealing with the emotion of, of depression and anxiety. Some of you find yourself worried. You're dealing with so much in life right now. You're caring so much you feel overwhelmed. Some of you feel fearful. You're scared. You're afraid as you look at life and life situations. Some of you find yourself in this season lonely. You're, you're confused on the inside. You're discombobulated. Some of you even feel abandoned. But in spite of your feelings... You need to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm talking to somebody right now that on the inside, your emotions feel all over the place. But you need to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord. That's what David said. He was being chased by this king. Things were not looking real well. He's anxious on the inside. He's facing some fear. But David said, I will see the goodness of the Lord. Lord in the land of the living. Come on, every location. Some of you don't believe it yet. That's why you got to keep saying it out loud until it gets in your heart and you really start believing it. Come on, everybody say with me, I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, would you say it like you mean it? I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, Midwest City, Northwest, online, Indianapolis, Mabel Bassett, come on, shout it with me. I will see the goodness of the Lord. You got to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord no matter what you see, no matter what you feel. Here's a third one, and that is this. I will see the goodness of God in spite of what they do. David understood something that a lot of Christians do not understand, and that is he would see the goodness of the Lord in spite of what other people did to him. He understood that people did not control his destiny. No matter what people did to him, David was confident they could not stop him from experiencing the goodness of God. And I want you just to listen to what David's enemies were doing to him. I want to revisit some of these scriptures, but I just want you to really sink your mind into this is what David's enemies were doing to him when he said, I will see the goodness of God. In the land of the living. Psalm 27 verse 2 and 3. It says when the wicked advance against me. To devour me. The wicked were trying to devour him. Though an army besiege me. Verse 3. Though war break out against me. You got an army. You got war breaking out. Verse 6 says this. The enemies who 
surround me. The enemies are surrounding him. Verse 10 says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. David said, even if my own mama and my own daddy forsake me, they cannot stop me from experiencing the goodness of God. Verse 12, David said, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. David said, in spite of the enemies trying to kill me, war breaking out against me, his enemies trying to surround him, people are are, are just, just lashing out with malicious accusations. They're lying on David. David was still confident that people could not stop him from experiencing the goodness of God. Matter of fact, this is so powerful. David was so convinced that people could not stop him. The army, the king could not stop him from experiencing the goodness of God. That there was a moment, matter of fact, a couple of them, that David had the opportunity to kill King Saul. But he did not kill him, but instead trusted God. It's knowing that, God, you're the one that controls my life and my destiny. You control it, not people. David believed that with all of his heart. Let me share one of the accounts when David could have killed King Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 4, it says, The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, this is David's army, David's little, his men that are around him. And it says, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He had the king right where he wanted him. He could have killed the king. I mean, the king was trying to kill him. And afterward, David was conscience-stricken, Scripture says, for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord, I love that, the Lord, this is about the Lord, the Lord forbid that I should do such a wicked thing to my master. The Lord's, this is about the Lord, the Lord's anointed or lay my hand on him for he is anointed of the Lord. I want you to catch this. David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed because I trust God to deal with this evil king. I trust God to promote me to be the next king. I don't need to promote myself. The king can't stop me. The army can't stop me from experiencing the goodness of God. People's church, no enemy, no devil, no person can stop you from experiencing the goodness of God. Your enemies don't control your destiny. People don't control your destiny. The devil doesn't control your destiny. God is the only one who controls your destiny. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. If God wants you to be the next king, you don't have to kill the king. If God wants you to be the next king, you don't got to talk bad about your enemies. You don't have to get even with your enemies. People cannot stop the plan of God. God knows how to promote you and bless you. I said God knows how to promote you and bless you. You just have to honor God. Did you realize this? You are the only one who can stop you from experiencing the goodness of God. You're the only one. The devil can't stop you. People can't stop you. It doesn't matter what they do to you. People cannot stop you from experiencing the goodness of God. You're the only one. God is in control of your life. All you have to do is honor God, be faithful to God. That leads me to point number four, and that is this. I will see the goodness of God because my faith is in God. 
because of my faith in God, I will see the goodness of God. Here's what David knew. He knew he would see the goodness of God because of his faith in God. His faith was anchored in God. He had a strong faith in God. David was a God chaser known as a man after God's own heart. He was dependent on God. He was leaning on God. God was first in his life. And because God was first and he was depending on God, he knew, I will see the goodness of the Lord. Let, let me just take you to some scriptures here. I want you to see how David's faith was anchored in God in spite of what he was dealing with. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David said, I will see the goodness of God because I trust God. People who see the goodness of God, they trust God no matter what. People's church, you got to trust God no matter what, in spite of what you see, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what they do. Come on, some of you, your trust in God is getting shaken. No, no, no. In spite of what you see, in spite of what they do, in spite of what you feel, you got to keep trusting in God. He goes on to say in verse number six, Psalm 27, verse six, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord, David said as he's running from this king, he's running from the army, he said, I will see the goodness of God because I worship God. People who see the goodness of God, they worship God no matter what. You can't be a fair weather worshiper and experience all of God's goodness. David said, the army is chasing me, the king's trying to kill me, but I'm still going to lift up my praise. I'm still going to worship God in this cave. I'm still going to worship God while I'm running from my life for my life because nobody's going to steal my praise. People who see the goodness of God, they worship God no matter what. Do we got any worshipers at the campuses today? Do we got anybody that's going to worship God no matter what? Going to praise God no matter what? Going to give God some glory no matter what? Going to lift up your voice and say, God, I magnify you. No matter what I see, I'm still going to praise you. I want you to see verse number 7. Psalm 27, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. David said, I will see the goodness of God because I pray to God. People who see the goodness of God pray to God no matter what. I pray to God when I'm on the mountaintop. But when I'm also in the valley, I pray to God. When things are going good, I pray to God. When things are going bad, I pray to God. When everything's going my way, I pray to God. When nothing's going my way, I pray to God. On sunshiny days, I pray to God. On rainy days, I pray to God. And David said, hear my voice when I call because I'm going to keep praying. Be merciful. Answer. I know that you hear me. Answer me, God, because I'm still praying. Verse 8 says, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. David said, I will see the goodness of God because I seek God's face. David sought the face of God, not just the hand of God. David wasn't just interested in the blessings of God. He also wanted to know God for himself. God, I'm not just after your hand, but I want your face. I know that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living because I'm not just after your blessing. I want you. I want your face. I want your presence. I want intimacy with you. 
you. People who see the goodness of God, they don't just chase after the blessing. They don't just look for God's hand, but they're after his face. They want to know his ways. They want to know his presence. They want intimacy with God Almighty. They seek God's face no matter what. I want you to notice verse number 11 says, teach me your way, Lord. David said, lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. David said, I will see God's goodness because I follow God no matter what I see. And people who see the goodness of God, they follow God's word. They follow the leading of the Holy Spirit no matter what. People's church, you got to follow God's word. You got to obey his word. People's church, you got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what they do, you keep following the word of the Lord and you will see the goodness of the Lord. And then I love this. I love how David ends the song. He's been talking about his enemies. He's been talking about trouble. He's been talking about being surrounded. He's been talking about how they're trying to devour me. He's been saying, listen, I'm under attack. This is not going good. He's talking about his emotions and fear. He's talking about all of these things. But he says, I remain confident of this. I believe this is a word from the Lord. I prayed. I sought God. God, what do you want me to say to our church during this season? And I know I heard from God, Herbert. There's a lot happening in this world and a lot happening to my people. And I want you to remind them of my goodness. That no matter what they see, if they'll trust me, that they will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When's it going to happen, God? Herbert, you, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't need to tell them when. You just tell them what I told you to tell them. And that is, they're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And here's what David says. He closes, it out. he closes it out with this, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. David said, I will see the goodness of God because I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm not getting ahead of God and I'm not getting behind God. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Church, the real test of your faith is will you really wait on the Lord in spite of what you see? Will you wait on the Lord in spite of what you feel? Will you wait on the Lord in spite of what they do to you? Will your faith be anchored in God and say, God, I wait on you. It's not going like I want it to go, but I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and I will wait on the Lord. God, you're not a man that you should lie, nor a son of man that you should change your mind. God, if you said it, you will do it. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And God, you've given me a promise. I haven't seen it come to fruition yet, but I'm standing on the word of the Lord. I'm standing on the promise of God. I will see your promises come to pass in my life. I will wait on the Lord. And people's church waiting on God is not passive. Waiting on God is active. 
As we wait on God, the way we wait on God is we wait with God with holiness. We wait on the Lord with integrity. We wait with God with trust. We wait on the Lord with prayer. We wait on the Lord with worship. We wait on God with Bible reading. We wait on the Lord with church. We wait on God with fasting. Matter of fact, I believe some of you are going to experience your greatest breakthrough in 2023 as you pray and fast. As we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting, January the 8th through the 28th prayer and fasting. Wait on the Lord to bring his promise to pass. Wait on the Lord with, by, by serving on the dream team. Wait on the Lord by leading or attending a small group. Wait on the Lord by loving people. Wait on the Lord by being patient. Wait on the Lord, on the Lord by, by protecting the unity through the bond of peace. Wait on the Lord by being a tither. Wait on the Lord by giving to dream builders. Wait on the Lord by giving to the miracle offering. Waiting on God is not passive. Waiting on God is active. And here's what I know. If you will wait on the Lord, no matter what you see, David said, I would have lost hope had I not believed. I did not lose my belief and my confidence that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because God is good all the time and all the time God is good so I 